Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to all. Our key scripture this morning comes from Psalm 86. Uh, so if you would like to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 86, I'd invite you to do that. It's also in your bulletin uh, this morning if you want to read from it there. But we'll be reading the whole of Psalm 86. Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy when I am in distress. I call to you because you answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name, for you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever, for great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. Arrogant foes are attacking me, O God. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. They have no regard for you, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength on behalf of your servant. Save me because I serve you just as my mother did. Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. I love this psalm for a lot of reasons. It covers a lot of ground. It covers the God, I'm in trouble, will you come help me? It covers the God, you are awesome and I know that you will do this. It covers, God, help me to be faithful in times of trouble. It says, God, you have already delivered me from so many things, but there is that one line in there that I love, save me because I serve you just as my mother did. And sometimes we read things from the scriptures, we read what has been written and said, and it's almost like we believe these things happen to these people in a vacuum as if they just were people of faith. And yet, in the middle of all these declarations, this crying out to God, this praising of God, there is the one simple statement. He learned all of these things from his mom. He learned these things from his mom. And so the reason why he cries out to God is because his mom showed him how. The reason why he knows to trust and be faithful to God is because he has seen it done before in his own family. The reason that he knows God's faithfulness is because his family, his mother, they have attested to these things. We don't just become people of faith. It doesn't just happen to us magically that God all of a sudden is to us. Instead, in all of our lives, we have those who are faithful and good before us, whether they were our own mothers and fathers, parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, or adopted ones. 
We are all brought into the family of God. And we learn about God's faithfulness from those who went before us and tell us the story. Amen? I'm going to sing a song that's new. It's called The Power to Redeem. All right, it's time to dismiss our kids to Children's Church. So uh, the instructions are up there on the board for you if you're the first one here with us this morning. Uh, I'd like to invite our participants to come on down wherever, wherever you be. Come, come grab your spots. Okay, so uh, today for Mother's Day, we uh, are going to hear from some mothers, uh, which is not me. I am not a mother. Uh, but we, uh, we, we asked uh, each of these women to share with you this morning, and they're going to. And, and the question that we, that we put before them is, what have you learned about God, either from your mother or from being a mother or from someone who has been a mother to you in your life? And so these women are going to share with us today. So let's get going. Susie, you're up first. Hello there. Um, Wow, being first is not necessarily the coolest thing in the world. Um, Okay, so the question, what was the question again? (laughs) Okay, well, uh, what have I learned about God? Well, I would say that as a young child, I always knew there was a God. I'm not saying that my mother taught me about God, but I know that my mom believed there was a God. And so all those years of before Christ in my life, I still believed God was big. God was up there, and he was watching everything. Um, So as I got older and then I got married... And I married into this beautiful Christian family of the Waller Roberts. And um, I learned more about God through Don's family and uh, accepted Christ into my life after I was a mom of a 16-year-old and an almost 18-year-old. And I can tell you now that, thank God I had God at that point in time because of those two boys. I love them dearly. They're 37 and almost 40 now. And But there were times when I thought I was going to lose my mind. And I can tell you, without a doubt, walking with God through my relationship with Christ kept my sanity intact. Um, and so... Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really feel like I taught my kids literally word for word about God. But um, I know now I can look back and know that my kids know God. They may not be following God, but they know God. And I think they learned that possibly partly from me, but a lot of it from grandparents, which is where I got God from. So, um, and I can say uh, now as a mom, uh, especially that song that it, we just sang, or this 
previous song, um, about as a mom, I went through such agony and uh, feelings of being inadequate and not knowing what I was doing. And I made a mess of things and, oh my gosh, what's going to, what's going to happen to my kids and all that stuff. And, um, so, you know, I went through that and I made it through. Phew. Oh, gosh, I was so glad when they became adults and I didn't have to be responsible for them anymore. And so what I can say about that is, the song, The Power to Redeem, became so like an anthem for me recently that God takes all those things as mothers, and I'm sure most of us mothers can say, wow, I made big mistakes, and obviously made great, great things too. But I learned at a much later time as a mother that God brings everything around in my heart, in your heart, and says, see what I have done? And you thought it was all a mess, and I have redeemed it for a purpose that's much bigger than you, and you get to walk around with this story now that you get to share with other mothers that are young, especially mothers of two boys, and I am blessed with that assuredness that God brought me through, and I made it, and uh, my kids are good men, and, um, you know, just knowing that everything comes around, and everything happens for a reason, and God makes all things good, and God is good all the time, all the time, God is good, and I'll finish with this. I have to talk about my mom very quickly. My mom, that's when she graduated from high school, by the way. Um, my mom taught me to sing, hum, and dance, and eat pie. My mother-in-law, Novella, who's in heaven, showed me how important family is, no matter what, even when they're crazy. D. Don's stepmom, who I consider my other mother-in-law, taught me to know God, trust God, through the good and the bad. Okay. I am the writer. Sorry. And I'm the reader. I can't just speak like this woman just did. Happy Mother's Day, and thank you, Bryce, for this opportunity. Yeah, sure. I don't want to slip off this thing. (laughs) All right. Um, What I have learned about God from being a mom. Hmm. Am I going to have two daughters, Christian, Michelle. Michelle is now in heaven with Jesus. Michelle. She was born severely physically and mentally challenged. She lived to be 30, 29 more more years than doctors predicted. I'd like to tell you a little about my mom as she was instrumental in my faith growth because of her life. 
Mom came from a large family. My husband is sitting there saying, breathe, Vera. (laughs) Hard workers. They worked in the cane fields of Hawaii. Poor people. I remember a story she shared about going into the fields with her father to collect bed grass for their beds. The grass was placed between two pieces of cloth that were stitched together, making a bed. I can't imagine. Mom's life was a mixture of sadness and difficulty. She married very young, had two children, divorced, married again, adding another child, divorced, then married my dad, had six more children, three of us lived, and three died as young babies. To take care of her children, she would marry. Then her husband could help feed and house them. So different from my life, which has been influenced by movies and stories about falling in love, the American dream of having children and buying a home. I believe her life was a lot of surviving and making ends meet just to stay alive. I cannot imagine. My youngest brother got polio. My mom took his kids with her to church tent meetings. I don't know if you guys know about those. That was in Hawaii. They had them in Hawaii, too. I didn't understand, but mom would ask for prayer for my brother to be healed of the polio. You know, weird things can happen in families, shameful and difficult things. And looking back, I recognized decisions about survival over safety. And survival was always top priority. My family moved to California in 1953. It was a huge move for my parents from small island living. There is much more to this story, but the point is, I remember my mom praying and telling us to pray. As far as I know, my dad never prayed. It was always mom. Some of my cousins also helped teach us to pray, and those same cousins sometimes took us to church. I didn't understand. I was a kid with dreams and desires of my own. I see now there were, these were small steps of faith, steps to growing a faith in God. When I was newly married, my dad had a stroke that left him paralyzed on one side and unable to speak. At 52, he could not return to work, was placed on disability for the rest of his life. What a tragedy for any family. Mom took my dad to church where they both embraced a faith in God. Dad died. My mom was a widow. Thankfully, she had a church family that loved her. Her faith grew deeper. She continued to live and needed to endure great trials with my youngest brother, the one with polio, who was schizophrenic, uh, that kept her in fervent prayer for him. She once told me, Vera, I don't know what else to pray for. Nothing is changing with your brother. She was very discouraged. She continued to remind her children she was praying for us and encouraged us to go to church. Even so, I was doing life my way. I read the Bible and I was learning, but I continued to resist and rebel against it 
and God. I'm not proud to say that, but it's the way it was and can be. I gave birth to Christy in 1973, then Michelle in 1976. Christy was a delightful little girl, and it was such fun watching her grow and helping her learn. Michelle was our special angel and a heartbreaker from the beginning of her life. We loved each one with the same deep and fierce care for their well-being. After Christy was born, I lay in that quiet room and talked to God about her. Mike and our life together and what and how I was supposed to raise this child, but I vowed to do my best. I asked him to make Christy his child. I dedicated her to him. Christy remembers when I get frustrated trying to do my best, because mothers try a lot. (laughs) Because I'd say to her, I can't do this. I give up. But God would not let me give up. He guided me to try again. One problem. I did not recognize where my ways ended and where I needed God and his ways in my life. With Michelle's health challenges, my personality went into high gear. I was controlling. I had high expectations, and I was a perfectionist. I struggled to care for my girls and be a good wife. It seemed clear to me for our life to work that I needed to take charge and set all my ducks in order. Isn't that what a mother does? Pull your... Obviously. <laughs> Obviously not a good plan because Michelle needed 24-hour care and we could not control her needs. Thankfully, I had made some good friends at church. Charles is over there, and there are a lot of you here. They didn't know what to do, but they did pray and loved and befriended me. I crashed emotionally and spiritually. My mom continued to pray for her children and grandchildren. Isn't it nice that our stories are so different? I was exhausted physically and emotionally, a young wife, my marriage and family falling apart. Mike and I were introduced to someone who managed a group home in Santa Rosa, offering total care for children like our Michelle. I saw this as an answer to prayer. She'd live close to home. We could visit. We could bring her home. Our family could regroup. Problem solved, right? No. God was at work all of this time, and when Michelle was placed in a safe home, when my heart and mind and emotions were settled, I asked God to help me not waste the experiences, the trials of the life he gave me and my family. God showed me I had a lot of soul-searching, a lot of self-awareness and spiritual spiritual awakening work to do. In other words, I needed to let him change me and grow me. I didn't know all that back then, but that's exactly what was happening. (sighs) Hindsight. I knew God's word was important to teach me about life and about him. I began deep studies with my sisters 
and with our life group. These studies continue to teach me to know God better and to trust him. God has used my mom's life and faith as an example for me to think about as a wife and mother. I know now that God has been seeking my heart, ears, soul, and mind all of my life. And I am so thankful for his love and great patience. Okay, these two photos, this particular one with um, Christy and Michelle, um, was taken on Michelle's 21st birthday. And Kathy Ping was there. <laughs> we, we needed emotional support and help because Michelle was in a um, wheelchair. And it, you know, it's just kind of hard. And um, hang on a second. Okay. This next photo is of our granddaughters. Christy and Michael were able to adopt both of these children, seven children, both of these precious girls, um, seven and 11 now, uh, Marley and Jembe, when they were babies. And they have, um, you know, when you have a baby who doesn't grow, you forget how to deal with a baby because you keep looking for that baby to grow and it doesn't grow. And so, first of all, Bryce helped me by handing Zeke over to me, and it was amazing that I got to learn to love a baby again and watch it grow. And uh, I didn't know I was having that problem. But then Christy and Michael... um, I'm sorry. Then Christy and Michael adopted these babies, and I got to love again and learn again what God's love was for me and for all of us. Um, This last photo (laughs) is Linda Brunick here today? No, I'm sorry. She posted this on Facebook and I was so taken by it. Because I looked at that um, little cub, and I could see my girls and how very um, precious they were. I'm sorry I'm taking so long. (laughs) And I saw myself. Look at that mama. (laughs) I mean, she's just looming and protecting and loving and caring. And then I looked again, and I saw that cub as myself. And I saw that mama bear as God the Father there, always. And he is looming and protective. And he's just waiting for me to ask him. Ask him to help me to guide me. And I've started to do that finally. And the tears I cry now are tears of joy because of my Heavenly Father.
I'm actually better at telling a story in a song than I am telling a story because I can go on and on and on. But I will tell a short version of the story. Um, I've been a mother basically since I was two years old. I know that's ridiculous, but it's almost true. I'm the oldest girl of seven other... I have eight kids in my family. And so I was being a mother from the time I was, you know, born practically. Um, Which makes it a little easier to understand why I became a mother when I was 17 years old. I had my first daughter when I was 17 and my second when I was 19 and I wasn't married and I was pretty much strung out on drugs and being a stupid person. Um, My mother... She was so sweet. My mother passed away 10 years ago, and I really miss her, especially, you know, at this time of year. I'm sure many of you know what I'm talking about. My mother, um, she had the patience of a saint, and she would pray for that all the time. She would do it out loud. She'd go, Lord, give me the patience of a saint right now. (laughs) You know, she's got eight kids acting out, and I don't know how she made us all feel like we were loved (laughs) because... She did, but in my teen years, I I probably wasn't the best kid. Um, in fact, I know I wasn't, and I caused a lot of problems in, in my mother's heart. I know I did. Well, I grew up, my mother uh, and my father had taken us to church while we were young, and, and I always loved God, but I didn't understand what being a Christian was about. I didn't understand giving my heart to Jesus until I was much older, And it was after I had my two children that I walked into a church one night and I got saved, basically. And um, as I was growing in faith, um, part of my experience was I became a manicurist and I would do everybody's nails. And I had appointments with my mother every two weeks. And it was such a healing and wonderful time that I had with my mother. And I got to hold her hands and massage her hands and, you know, tenderly minister to my mother because now I had Jesus and I had something to give and I remember one day my daughter my 17 year old daughter who was what this song is about that I'm about to share but my daughter came through the room while I was doing my mother's nails we're having this tender moment my my daughter is sassing me and I looked at my mom and I said mom was I like that when I was her age and she goes oh no you weren't anything like that I'm like, oh god thank you you were much worse. <laughs> this last Friday, I had the blessed privilege of doing my 17 or my 18-year-old granddaughter's nails. And her mom sat there in the room with us in my little home, and I was listening to my granddaughter sass her mother. And I was just filled with such joy. <laughs> <laughs> Turn around, fair play. Um, it was really a, a, a cool moment. But what was so beautiful about it was my daughter, when she was 17, she was really acting out. She grew up without a father, and um, she had some pretty bad experiences around that. And so it was expected, you know, for her to act out. I was a single mom. I've never been married. I just raised my kids by myself, me and my heavenly husband. <laughs> and uh, when my daughter was 17... We had this um, moment uh, where she was really acting out, and I was telling her she couldn't go somewhere, and she was telling me she was going to go. And anyway, it went from bad to worse, and she said that 
she hated me. I hate you, Mom. And uh, I remember hearing those words, and I remember scratching those words into a wall when I was 17 years old. I hate you, Mom. Of course, it's not true. I love her, and I'd give anything in the world to tell her one more time. But my daughter said that to me, and I, I was just mortified. And I said, well, well I love you. And I'm always going to be here for you, no matter what. And I said, you go do what you got to do. And she left. And I didn't think she was going to come back that day, but she did. But before she came back, I went into the house and I just fell on my knees. And I was like, Lord, what do I do? Where's the manual to tell me what to do right now? And I just really felt like God told me to go pick up my guitar and to write this song. And it's called Mama. And... um Two weeks later, it was my daughter's 18th birthday, and I was able to give her this song for her birthday. I don't know if I can sing this now, but I'm going to try it, because it's a really cool song. Let me just... Uh, somebody say something funny. <laughs> anyway, I think you'll just listen to the words, and you'll get it, and you might relate to it. So, um, here goes. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. When my daughter came out that morning on her 18th birthday... She saw me sitting there with my guitar on the couch, and she was dressed in my bathrobe. She looked like a little girl in her mom's robe, right? And she goes, I go, I have a present for you for your birthday. And she goes, you're not going to sing me a song, are you? (laughs) As I wipe the tears now from my eyes.
don't come after me. I'm not your baby anymore You train them up to know what's good My daughter's 44 years old. <laughs> and do your chores. God is good. And he has taught me patience. And he's taught me that things turn around. And they're not always going to end bad. And my daughter loves me today. She calls me every day. She texts me every day. Both my daughters. And... I am blessed to be a mother today, even though I had to go through a lot of pain. Still do sometimes. You know, we all do. But God's faithfulness is a guarantee. And he knows that we love our children more than anything. And, that, and we need to know that he loves them more than we do. And he is going to do everything that he can to bring them home. So have faith, moms. After that 
<laughs> weeping. Um, so, on this special day, <laughs> as we celebrate moms, I'd like, I'm thinking about my mom. And most of you know her or knew her. And uh, she and my dad, for those of you who didn't, she and my dad were members here at Sonoma Avenue for over 50 years. And it wasn't until much later in my life that I realized how her beautiful Christian life had influenced me. Um, I had this whole thing written last night, and then in the shower this morning, I thought of more things. So <laughs> they're a little more fun. Um, I learned the love and um, of God through my mom, and she was just so loving and playful with my brother and me. And I remember that this was just, it, it was so fun and, and such a great memory, and part of it was because at that time, or a little bit later in life, it was a big mystery to me. My mother used to roll on the bed with my brother and I, you know, like kind of, you know, take us in her arms and then roll on the bed. And I thought later, how was it she didn't squish us? <laughs> and then when I had my son and I tried it out, <laughs> I learned that I could do that without <laughs> squishing him. So there, you know, there's just that um, fun and playfulness and that I just so appreciated about her. And she was kind of a jokester, and and uh, I kind of like am like that too. So <laughs> I don't know if that came from God, but I enjoy it anyway. <laughs> I think so. Um, my mother was a great example of faith and strength. Also. I think back to a time when I went on vacation with them. I was grown and married, but um, I went on this vacation with them to, to Canada. And we, um, there was a body of water, I have no idea what, but that we had to cross. And we got on this, we drove onto this ferry, but it was kind of an overnight thing. And so um, we didn't sleep, you know, we, everybody just sat around and we were awake all night. But then when we, when dad drove off the, the ferry boat, my mom and I promptly went to sleep. And we were abruptly awakened because our car, my dad had fallen asleep and we had crashed into a ditch. <laughs> so the car was totaled. My mom had black eyes. We were all really sore. And I figured, you know, we're just going to have to fly home. And my mom says, oh, no, honey, we're going to take the train and continue on this trip. So I just, I look back at that. You know, I have learned to be uh, strong and carry on from that and her good attitude. The other realization I had this, this morning is another wonderful memory of my mom when I was like seven or eight, and we lived in Madeira, California, close to Fresno. Um, and after school, she would have my friends come over, and she would tell Bible stories and feed us lim lemonade and cookies. And I can still almost kind of taste the lemonade and cookies. That, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but I realized that besides my teachers, my mom was my first 
teacher and remembrance of of teaching a group and then and teaching Bible stories. So that fits in very well with my becoming a teacher <laughs> and um, and going on mission trips because my mom and dad took me on my first mission trip to San Felipe. And uh, my mother, I remember my mother being very thrilled that she learned how to make enchiladas with mole sauce. That was it. <laughs> and um, so I do feel like it's no coincidence that I've been going on this, our Mexico mission trip for over 20 years. And when my son also loved this trip, I realized, oh, maybe... It was maybe my mom and I had some influence on him. Um, I've learned from stories of many women here the influence that my mom had on them. Lorena said she received her first hug from my mother, and and she, you know, not all moms are huggers, and. Um, that she felt like she learned about the love of God through my mother's hugs. Uh, I know Daphne and Kelly considered my mom a surrogate grandmother, and I only hope and pray that the young women, that I'm influencing the young women in my life that way. Um, you know, times I didn't always get along with my mother. <laughs> and also my mother through her, throughout her life suffered with depression sometimes. But she truly did her best to trust God. I know that those were really difficult times for her. And, but, but she really did her best to trust God and stay positive. And I know that because one of her favorite scriptures was Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. I'm so grateful to God that Catherine Ping was my mother, and I'm thankful for her example of being a loving Christian woman and for the woman that I be- have become because of her. I have one real memory of my birth mother. Um, for the first 20 years of my life, I thought it was a dream until I told it to my father. And he's like, oh no, that really happened. And my one real memory of my birth mother is of her taking me out in a boat and baptizing me. She was raised Catholic, and um, she and my father were sort of, you know, ecumenical hippies. But it was very important to her that I have a right relationship with God. And that is my one memory of my birth mother. Um. And God is so faithful. My mother died when I was one year old. And God is so faithful. And um, Psalm 68 says that he puts the lonely into families. And, you know, 
having very young hippie parents and losing your mother when you're one and being bounced from home to home to home can kind of mess a kid up. And so I was pretty messed up. Um, And my father remarried a wonderful woman who, um, who was raised to be Christian as my father was raised to be Christian, but who, um, in order to accommodate my father's intense anger, um, agreed not to talk about God at home. Um, my father became a really angry atheist, and so we didn't talk about God at home. But in spite of that, when I look at the way that the person I call my mom, my stepmother, I never call her that, my mom, the woman my father married, when I look at the way that she cared for me, no matter how messed up I was, no matter how angry I was, I was very angry. I was very angry and confused and lost. And guess what? She was the one who was around. And so she was the one who took all of that. But she kept on making healthy meals for me and telling me every day that she loved me. And, um, you know, when I became a really snarky teenager and said, well, you didn't really want me. You just, you just got stuck with me when you married my dad. She said, no. No, you were a very important part of the package for me. I married this family because I wanted to be your mom. And I look at that and I see how God loves us. You know, when we're snarky and we're like, well, you don't really want me and you don't like what I'm doing and, and, and you, don't, you don't like who I'm really made to be because I want to do this and your word says not to do this. He just says, no, no, you are a really important part of the package. I, I love you. And it, it took hindsight. It actually took me becoming a mother to see how God used the mom he gave me to teach me about his love and to prepare my heart to accept the truth about his love when he finally let me be introduced to him by Kelly Fouché right here and John Gash's Young Adult Bible Study. Um, and, uh, and like Kathy, I have heard those words, Mom, I hate you. And because of God's faithfulness, because of God's goodness, because of the way that God has taught me what love is, the only response that I had to that was, I love you, and I'm going to love you no matter what. And that's what God says to each one of us every day. Uh, let's let's thank them all for sharing with us this morning. That was wonderful. Um, I I've said it a couple of times this morning, but I just want to repeat it again. One of the reasons why I feel very comfortable with us celebrating moms today on a day that's supposed to be about Jesus is that our mothers are gifts to us from God. 
And whether it's the mom we were born with or the mother who adopted us or the church member who took us in and treated us uh, like we were their children, we have such an amazing blessing in God to have mothers for the motherless, uh, to have those who step into the gap in other people's lives. And this morning, uh, I am as grateful for my mother as I can be. And But I want to take just a brief moment to say one of my biggest fears going forward for me is just whether or not my children will grow up to love God. And I know a lot of you as, as parents have dealt with that. And I think one thing that we've heard a lot this morning is, and we know this is true, that parenting is hard. <laughs> there are so many opportunities to mess a little person up. <laughs> and Nish and I kind of have this ongoing joke, which is like, well, they're going to be in therapy for some reason. We might as well go ahead and just shoot for the moon, right? <laughs> Whatever it is. Let's make it legit. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yes. Yes. Um, And I've shared with you as a church just some of what my own personal struggles have been with depression and anxiety and some of the hard places that I have been. Uh, But this morning, I am so grateful for my wife, who through the last, well, Zeke will be 13 this year, so... um, through all this time, whenever I've worried about whether my children uh, will grow up to love God, I have watched their mother love them, love me, and love God. And there's a verse, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord gave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And when I think about the story of my family, and when I think about my role as a dad, and Nisha's role as a mom, I look at that list of things, and there are some things that I see. And that is that my wife has lived these things out directly in relationship with me and with my children. And the story that we have is not just a story of me being sick and getting better, but it's a story of how their mother also stayed with me, of how their mother chose to trust God, of how their mother chose to love me when other people might were telling her to let me go. And she has modeled this behavior for our family, and I am grateful for that. And, and, I, and I say all of that just to say this. I know myself well enough to know that compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, those are not all things that I bring to the table all the time. But you know what? Nisha would tell you those are not things that she brings to the table all the time. But I'm grateful that together, we bring them. Together, we bring them. 
and that as we do our best as parents to love God, to follow God, to live in the love that he has given to us, that our children will experience that in one way or another. And that they too will grow up to know that God loves them in such a way. We are grateful for our moms. Because moms are a gift. And they teach us and show us these things every single day. And so this morning, as we close, we just want to thank God for the blessing. We want to thank God for uh, the important and powerful and spiritual women that have been put in our lives. And we want to uh, thank God for the fact that he has blessed us with people that could show us distinctly who he is. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, you are good to us all the time. And God, we come from all different sorts of backgrounds and families. We've had all kinds of different experiences, some good and some bad. But Father, I am grateful this morning for the gift of the moms that we do have. Thank you for the women that raised us. Thank you for the women that showed us your love and grace and care. Thank you for those who are still showing us what it means to forgive, to be kind and gentle and patient. God, we pray for those who do not have the influence of a godly woman in their lives, who don't have a mother. And Father, may we be a place where a mother can be found. God, thank you for the love that you have shown to us. And thank you for the opportunity to show that love to other people. We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. If you have any needs for prayers or encouragement this morning or anything you would like this church to keep in mind throughout the week, we invite you to come forward as we stand singing this song together. Let the